Welcome back to another episode of Tourism Body Tuesday, where we bring to you all of the amazing countries of the world in one convenient spot to keep you informed and learn a little more. We welcome back one of our most loved partners, Visit Britain, with the one and only Erica driving the ship. But again, like we have done with some other regions, we have broken up some key destinations into parts. So we welcome back Visit Britain again for part two. I am excited about today's discussion as we welcome a region that we all love. And I know we are going to get a lot out of today's discussion. What do I know from the outset? Well, the national food is haggis. Backroads will share that with your customers. Their national drink is whiskey. We also provide that for your customers. And their national sport is football. Or in some of the states of Australia here, we call it soccer. Sorry, we do not provide that. You might have to add on some pre and post. But... As a repeat offender, I will hand this over to Erica to welcome back Visit Britain and as well introduce our friends all the way from Visit Scotland. Over to you, Erica. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks again for having us. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, I hope you all have your cup of tea ready again as per the last time we, um, we joined Dylan. Um, but even better, I'm sure it's five o'clock somewhere. We're talking all things Scotland. So grab yourselves a whiskey and let's get started. Oh, I'm um, talking. There we go. <laughs> so for those that don't know me, I am the trade engagement executive for the Australia and New Zealand team at Visit Britain. And before we deep dive into glorious Scotland, this is our second edition of these amazing podcasts with Dylan and Backroads Touring. Um, and last time we covered the Cotswolds, Cornwall and Wales. So if you missed that one, please make sure you go back and listen so you can learn about all of the amazing experiences that there are to see and do in these regions as well. Um, but don't forget, we do have some amazing trade and asset resources available for you. And I'd love to just uh, let you know about a quick snapshot of what we've been up to at Visit Britain and how you can stay connected with us. So earlier this year, we launched our entertainment hub, which features popular British culture from film, music, sports and heritage. And it also includes delicious recipes, binge-worthy TV shows, which is very important in my opinion. Uh, there's also film trails, articles, and virtual tours of some of Britain's best attractions and icons, which is great to see when you're stuck at home. So we've also been keeping you all engaged by updating our trade tools and content, including destination training webinars, just like this one. We've also got our online training where we have refreshed and have new training modules on our online travel training, which is www.visitbritain-ott.com. And the Great Britain Training Hub now includes the following eight courses, which is a Welcome to Great Britain, London and Surrounds, Southern England, Central England, Northern England, Scotland, which will all be experts um, after today, and Wales, and also Britain's great touring routes. Um, and once you complete all eight courses, you'll be in the running to win some amazing British goodies um, and merchandise. And then also Dylan has been kindly promoting for us our Great British Pub Quiz, which is a fun and interactive way for you all to learn about Britain's key regions and experiences. But of course, make sure you sign up to our trade newsletter for updates uh, and more exciting ways you'll be hearing from us in the very near future. So enough from me. Um, I'd now love to introduce our very special guest for today, all the way from Edinburgh. We have Emma Hallington, who's the Marketing Manager for Australia from Visit Scotland. So welcome, Emma. 
Thank you very much. Thanks, Erica, and thanks for having us, Dylan. Really happy to be here today. Um, it's a little early here in Edinburgh for uh, a whiskey, but you know, you never know. <laughs> we'll see how we go. See how we get on. Never um, too early. <laughs> You're only human, Emma. You're only human. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, really happy to be here to, to tell you all a little bit more about Scotland, which I'm sure a lot of you are kind of um, experts on already, but to give you a bit more information. Um, I guess for me, and we all, I always kind of when I talk about Scotland, it's the question first, because you know your clients have lots of choice, but why, why choose Scotland? And for me, there's a massive array, array of reasons. Um, ones that kind of just to pull out is, is that accessibility, whether you have clients coming um, just for a sole trip to Scotland, that access by a kind of international Middle East carriers direct into Scotland. If you have clients that are adding Scotland onto a wider UK trip, um, the connectivity between um, the rest of the UK and Scotland is fantastic, whether that's on train, by car or by airplane, or equally Europe. So that accessibility is a real bonus for Scotland as well. We often talk about our kind of unique heritage and history and culture. And I think with Scotland, that's a really kind of tangible thing for a lot of people because a lot of people around the world we know have that connection with Scotland and it's a real kind of an experience to come and, and find those roots that history and that ancestry is, is a really important part of people's trips sometimes as well as just experiencing it for the first time. Um, we've already talked about whiskey quite a lot. I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't you? It's Scotland. Haggis has also had a mention. Um, I do love a bit of haggis. I think if you don't think too much about it, it's very, very tasty. Um, but as well as that, there's, it's that kind of local produce, the seafood that you get in Scotland, that kind of farm to fork opportunities there are there. It's really fresh. It's really great. And it's just such a massive choice of, of food in Scotland. And it's a really big part of people's experiences. For the golfers amongst you, um, we are the home of golf. Um, if, if that's something you're interested in, it was invented in St. Andrews. There are hundreds of golf courses across Scotland for those of you that are interested. Um, film and TV, I think Erica talked about some of the assets previously. We are a huge set for a multitude of international global TV and film, um, whether that's Harry Potter on the Glenfin and Viaduct, whether that's uh, James Bond and Skyfall, the more recent Mary Queen of Scots, um, yeah, you name it, we, we, we've been a film destination and it's done wonders for putting Scotland on the map actually. Outlander's obviously a really big one for us as well and that is all filmed in Scotland so there are multiple locations and things you can go and see Outlander. Um, and I think just overall it is that unique and authentic Scottish experiences that, 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 you, can, that you can experience whether that and I think that's something that Backroads offer uh, for Scotland in particular which um, I think Dylan do you want to talk a little bit about the Scotland project that, that you guys have? Yeah thanks Emma. I mean Scotland as most of our partners in Australia and New Zealand know is a huge part of our business and I think, you know, the, the back roads point of difference with, you know, the small groups and experiencing that you're know, using the back roads versus the major highways, the 18 seat vehicle and the way we can get around really allows us to do Scotland in a very, very different way to any of the operators that are out there. So I know Emma's going to take you on an amazing journey today, but, you know, our Scottish journey, which is our number one tour, which really just touches on all the key parts, including St. Andrews, got to have some golf in there as well. Um, <laughs> But to get out to all the beautiful aisles, which I know we'll touch on later on, is just something absolutely special. And truly the Orkney Isles, which I know once again, Emma's going to take you deep and dark into the Orkneys today. But we're the only operator to actually stay on there with accommodation included for two nights as well. So once again, visiting's great. 
being there and being local is something absolutely amazing. So this is why Scotland really rings true for Backroads as, a, as a, an important product base for us. And I'm really, really excited to have Emma here today to take you really deeply into why her country is the best in the world. Back to you, Emma. <laughs> No problem. Okay, great. So I always enjoy as well, just maybe telling people a little bit about things that they might not have known about Scotland. Some little facts that I think uh, might surprise a few people. Um, so, you know, we have the very obvious ones there. We have our capital city. Large, Glasgow is actually our largest city. We're a relatively small population, small but perfectly formed, I think I like to call it. Um, Scotland has three official languages actually. So you obviously have English, but you also have Gaelic and that's the sign that you'll see that a, a bit more when you're out and about in the Highlands with the dual languages on the road signs and things like that. Uh, it's always fun if you're gonna practice pronouncing those when you're on, on one of your uh, your trips around, it, it can be quite, quite tricky. And you also have the Scots language, which is essentially the collective for all the dialects that you hear across, across Scotland. Um, Another one I would say is you're never very, very far away from a lock or a castle in Scotland. Um, we have over 31,000 locks um, and 3,000 castles and that the castles are really, it really just kind of just demonstrates the historical, the history and, and what, what is just so accessible across all of Scotland. Um, one of the interesting facts um, I find is that we are actually home to one of the shortest flights in the world and that is actually up in the Orkney Isles. Um, and that is a flight of 1.7 miles uh, between two Scottish islands, which is uh, between Westray and Papa Westray, which is in the Orkney Isles. And it lasts less than two minutes. So that is really my kind of flight, really, uh, <laughs> to get you to where you need to be. Um, and then one of my favourite facts is that a lot of people don't actually know is our national animal is actually the unicorn. So, um, which is actually quite magical, I think. I've never seen one, but I think it's a really kind of nice thing for families and, and kind of that kind of, um, if you're hunting for unicorns when you're in Scotland. So lots of little facts. Um, another thing just to touch on, we talked about accessibility on uh, the foot, uh, initially, but um, also touching on travel within Scotland. Um, as I mentioned, we are quite a small country. Um, and I think obviously with you guys in Australia, <laughs> quite a difference in uh, size of distances between things. Um, very, very rarely in Scotland, if you're traveling, um, you know, the length and breadth of a country from say Glasgow and Edinburgh to Inverness, is that more than a kind of three to four hour journey, depending on traffic. So I think just to get kind of get an idea, so you have Glasgow and Edinburgh, which is sort of in the central belt part of Scotland. And if you're heading north to Inverness, which is the sort of gateway to the Highlands, that's about a three hour drive from Edinburgh or Glasgow. Um, so, you know, you really can get around Scotland pretty easily and you can see a lot in a relatively short period of time. Um, so it's, it's always, it's it's always good to kind of appreciate the geography, I guess, a little bit of, of what you can see and, and, and where you can go. Um, just talking a little bit about regions, I'm going to talk a little bit more in detail today about the kind of key spots, the Edinburgh, Glasgow, Highlands um, and Orkney. Uh, but there are kind of 14 different regions in Scotland and it's always worth bearing in mind that if you have the opportunity to add on to any trips that you're doing, there's a lot to see beyond those areas. So, you know, you have in the south Dumfries and Galloway and the Scottish borders, which are perfect add-ons if you have clients finishing trips in Edinburgh or Glasgow, um, and equally kind of the islands in Argyll and the Isles, which are on the west coast, they're much more accessible from, from Glasgow and, and that part of the country. So it is really easy to get out and about and, and explore a lot, a lot more uh, in Scotland. So I'm gonna start with Edinburgh 
uh, to go into a bit more detail. Um, I am obviously a little bit biased. I live in Edinburgh. I am lucky enough to live in Edinburgh. Um, so for me, there's lots, lots of things I love to do. Um, as a visitor, there is obviously a huge array of visitor attractions. We obviously have the big Edinburgh Castle, uh, the Royal Yacht Britannia, Scottish Whiskey Experience, Holyrood Palace, um, all of those attractions which are world-class attractions and, and fantastic for families, uh, for, for kind of whoever, whoever's traveling. Um, but for me, what, what I kind of like to talk about in Edinburgh, if you are here, is just to reiterate how much of a compact city it is and how easy it is to get around and how much there is to see just by going out to, to kind of walk and experience that. Um, and my kind of favorite walks around the city are um, Arthur's Seat and Holyrood Park is kind of number one for me. Um, that's where you'll find a dormant volcano in the middle of a city. So you can walk up Arthur's Seat and you can get the most amazing views across the city, across down to the borders, up to Loch Lomond and the Trossachs, um, all the kind of bridges across the Forth. And it is absolutely stunning, so really worth a trip. Um, along with the Royal Ed another big great walk is from the castle down um, to Holyrood Palace, which is the Royal Mile. So that takes you through Edinburgh's old town, which is, is absolutely fascinating. You'll see all the little old closes, which is how people moved around the city in kind of uh, medieval times. The architecture is just, it's really beautiful and, and lots of shops, lots of restaurants, that, that kind of thing. Another thing I like to talk about in Edinburgh is it really is a city of neighbourhoods. So there's lots of different neighborhoods you can go to, to and get very different experiences and, and very much walk to all of them. Um, you know, you have Leith, which is where I live. Uh, it's again, a bit biased, which is um, down on the waterfront. Lots of great places to eat and drink there. It's where you can find the Royal Yacht Britannia as well, down in Leith uh, Ocean Terminal. Um, just a really kind of, a really like quite young, um, young neighborhood for kind of eating out and drinking, but lots to see and do. You have the new town, which is where you'll find that really beautiful Edinburgh architecture that you will have seen in countless kind of costume period dramas <laughs> that just looks like it did kind of when it, when it was built and, and really beautiful. Um, you have uh, Morningside, which again, lots of boutique shops, lots of cafes, restaurants. So really kind of that neighborhood vibe is, is something I really like about Edinburgh and something you can really experience on top of the, the kind of visitor attraction side of things. Um, and obviously, again, we're going to talk about distilleries. Um, Edinburgh has a few city-based ones, which are great. We've talked about the Scottish whiskey experience, which is on the Royal Mile. That is a kind of visitor attraction. It has um, tasting options as well, but it also gives you a lot of um, information and, and about the history of whiskey and, and how, it, how it kind of was developed, which is really interesting. Um, relatively new distillery last year was the Holyrood distillery which is at the at the palace and then my personal favorite is the edinburgh gin company which do fantastic tasting tours if you're a gin drinker and then next year we have coming the johnny walker experience which is a really exciting new visitor attraction that's going to open on prince's street which is a brand new huge um johnny walker whiskey uh, museum and a visitor experience and that's like directly opposite the castle so so really exciting like, times for the from a new visitor attraction perspective but yeah edinburgh is my favorite and my hometown so so very happy to talk about that but then taking you on to glasgow which as i mentioned can i cut before, you off just it, quickly there mate that, that oh yeah you've got me so excited about edinburgh it's actually <laughs> killing me now and um i'm getting thirstier and thirstier by the second hearing you talk about these <laughs> these amazing stops on amazing walks so they can't see me walking back very straight from afterwards, <laughs> the gin, the whiskey, and another huge whiskey experience coming through with Johnny Walker. But with Backroads, we have um, a lot of our tours start again finishing in Edinburgh. So I guess 
just as a, as a primary, we do have that first night included. So get to the hotel by five, meet your team, have dinner, have a fantastic day. Day two, take off and enjoy all that is Scotland. But um, what would you recommend for pre and post for our customers to, to really get out and, and do some of these experiences that you're talking about? So the kind of, as in, uh, I think for me, I think the Scottish whiskey experience is a great one because it really gives you a whistle-stop tour of whiskey, where it came from. And it's also right in the hub of the Royal Mile and you're right next to the castle. So you, and you get all of that experience. So I think if you have very limited time, I, I think spending that time in the Royal Mile area down to Holyrood um, and picking up kind of Arthur's seat, you could do all of that in quite a contained area. So that would give you a real kind of Edinburgh Edinburgh experience in quite a, quite a short period of time. Um, so I think that would probably be the best way to kind of get that whole experience really, really quickly if you were limited on time, for sure. Yeah, I just thought, just how can we tick some boxes whilst we're here yeah, um, before we exactly. take up and see all the countryside. But let's move across to Glasgow and you can continue on sharing all this wonderful knowledge. <laughs> Okay, so Glasgow, um, as I mentioned previously, is our largest city. Um, it's very close to Edinburgh, so we're talking a 45 to 50 minute train journey, um, about an hour by car, so really close to Edinburgh, but completely different, a completely different experience, um, and just, you know, a really vibrant, lively city. Um, Glasgow is, for me, one of the best places for shopping outside of London in the UK, uh, it has fantastic shops, whether that's designer, boutique, uh, whatever you're looking for, it's really great for that, all quite um, centrally located, so easy to get around, so lo lots, of it, lots of kind of shops centrally. Uh, eating out as well is a massive part of the Glasgow life, and it, you know, they have different neighbourhoods with different types of restaurants, and it's a really strong product in, in, that, in that city. Um, Talking about things that I like to do in Glasgow, which I think is a really good way to experience the city if you again have kind of limited time there and you want to kind of explore and get a bit more um, under the skin of the city. Um, one thing I really love, I've done there a few times is the Glasgow City Mural Trail. So um, in Glasgow, I think if I was to compare it, it's very similar to Melbourne, how uh, street art is very much part of the city. And that's very much the case in, in Glasgow. And there's some absolutely stunning um, murals across Glasgow where you can take, you can just follow the trail and, and you can see them all um, on the street. And it's a really amazing way to kind of explore and perhaps go to parts of the city that you wouldn't have without. So for me, that's a really great way to get around and, and see, see the real city. Um, another big feature of Glasgow um, is Charles Rennie Mackintosh. So I'm not sure if people are too familiar with him. So he's one of um, Scotland's most celebrated architects and designers and a real kind of um, real part of kind of Glasgow culture, I guess, is the best way to describe it. So there's a number of different uh, places you can go in and experience his architecture, his design. Um, there's Macintosh at the Willow, which is a tea room and, and a place you can go to eat. Um, there's the Lighthouse, which is one of his earlier buildings, which is the Scottish Centre for Design and Architecture. Uh, we have Hill House, which is in Helensborough, a short journey from Glasgow. And then also House for an Art Lover is another visitor attraction. But if, you, if, if you're kind of interested in that design and, and architecture, then that's a really, a really great place to, a, a great kind of theme to follow. Um, another thing for Glasgow, which a lot of people might not be aware of, is that Glasgow is actually a UNESCO city of music. Um, you cannot go very far in Glasgow without experiencing music of some kind, whether that's on the street, whether that's in a pub, an impromptu session of trad music. Um, there's an array of venues across Glasgow offering completely different types of music across the board. And 
I think that's a really, it's a real vibrant city from that perspective. And a great thing you can do there, you can do walking tours, which are themed around um, the music uh, history of Glasgow. So they'll kind of take you around the whole city, talk to you about what music was inspired, what kind of artists originated from here and really tell those stories. And I think that's a really, a really nice way to kind of experience the city as well. And the final thing that um, is, I find is a really beautiful part of Glasgow is a, um, something called the Necropolis. So this is um, a Victorian cemetery, which I know doesn't sound particularly cheery, but it's modelled on, um, if people have been to Pierre Lachaise in Paris, which is the really famous cemetery in Paris, which has um, kind of the gravestones of Jim Morrison and that kind of thing. And it's a similar situation in Glasgow, but it's absolutely visually beautiful and just so peaceful and tranquil and has amazing views from it across the city. So for me, that's a real kind of hidden, hidden gem for Glasgow, but so much to experience. And, and again, just a very different experience from Edinburgh. So shall I move on to the Highlands? Are we? Let's head up to the Highlands, please. Okay, so you've had some city life, you've had some, uh, you've had like some uh, whiskey, which can continue in the Highlands, and you get out into the Highlands. So when I talk about the Highlands, I'm talking about a vast area of Scotland. So I'm talking kind of from the kind of middle of Scotland all the way up to the top and the islands around that. So the Highlands, the classification of the Highlands is, is quite a vast area. Um, but for me, this is probably this, when you think Scotland, this is what you think. You think those like beautiful mountains, like mysterious locks, sensational seascapes, stunning islands, white sandy beaches, turquoise, turquoise seas that wouldn't look out of place in the Caribbean, although slightly colder. Um, but this is probably what you're thinking when you think the Highlands of Scotland. And, and you know, for me, it is, it's kind of unrivaled, um, you know, in places. And you can, it's also different as well. You can go from one area to the other and get a really different scenery from kind of one hour to the next. Um, talking about the main areas of the Highlands, um, Inverness is obviously the key city there. That's very much what kind of the gateway to the Highlands. Um, there's obviously it's a, it's a city there's lots to do there but also from a perspective of great hotel product great restaurants um good for shopping experiences um things like like river nest that runs through Inverness if you're there for a night they have their nest islands which are along the right the river and they're a really kind of beautiful sort of tranquil kind of network of islands that you can walk around in Inverness uh you're very close to the Culloden which is obviously um a really important historical site in relation to the Jacobite revolution which a lot of people that visit there particularly they have ancestral connections to Scotland is, is quite a powerful and emotional place to visit um, so Inverness is, is a really great place to base yourself if you're if you're exploring the Highlands uh, there's Fort William as well so Fort William is anything active and outdoors you want to do you can do that in Fort William basically um, it's where you can base yourself to for Ben Nevis which is uh, the UK's highest mountain which you can you can go there is a footpath up it it is quite an advanced walk so be, beware i guess but other people you can actually um at nevis range take a gondola up and, and get views of ben nevis so that might be preferable to some people but um fort william is very much a base for that kind of active active um activities also really close to glenfinnan and we've talked i think um Glenfinnan Viaduct is the famous, what you will probably know from Harry Potter. It's where the Jacobite steam train um, will go across, which is, I mean, it's, it's amazing when, when you see it, if you, when you see the train or if you're lucky enough to be on the train, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. So you're very close to Glenfinnan in Fort William and too. Uh, my personal favorite place in the Highlands is Glencoe. 
Um, and that is for me one of the most magical drives you can do. Um, when you drive through the valley of Glencoe, it's just this absolute kind of sprawling valley of, of and glen of mountains and it's just beautiful um, it's very haunting there's a lot of history there there's a lot of kind of clan history there so the stories you really feel the stories in in, the, in those in the in that kind of glen it's, it's really beautiful and there's lots of walks you can do that from kind of very easy basic ones um, and a great stop there is actually the um, National Trust for Scotland have a visitor centre so you can go and kind of learn a bit about the glen and things but that for me is definitely my favourite favorite place in Scotland. Um, Cairngorms National Park is, is part of the Highlands as well. So that's the UK's biggest national park. Um, stunning scenery again, um, just uh, endless sort of mountains. Wildlife there is incredible. The walking, the hiking, you're very close to Royal Deeside, which is obviously where the Queen has uh, her royal residence Balmoral, um, which is really kind of, is, is really stunning as well. Um, lots of distilleries, that kind of thing. So the Highlands really is a kind of, it's just, it, for me, it's the scenery is just really powerful. And I think you just, you just kind of drive around or you're on your, your bus or, or, or however you're experiencing it on the train. And, you know, it's just taking it all in, I think is, is, is the thing to do there. If you do have a bit of extra time and you want to add on, there are a number of driving routes that you can add on. So you would probably have heard of the North Coast 500, which is the route which takes you around the whole of the top of Scotland, uh, which, is, which is amazing. Shorter options, you have the Northeast 250, which focuses around Aberdeenshire and Murray Speyside. So that kind of Scottish whiskey trail and that kind of thing. And another one is the Snow Road Scenic Route. So that's very focused around the Cairngorms and Scotland's ski fields, um, which is again really, really, really beautiful. So Highlands really are a kind of, uh, for me, my favourite place in Scotland. And just, yeah, you just have to kind of see it, see it to believe it, I think is, is for, for me for the Highlands. Um, so yeah, so moving on now to Orkney, which we're going to do a little bit in a bit more detail. Um, I know kind of Dylan this is a big part of your package um, if you wanted to chat a bit about that and then I can go into a bit more <laughs> about the destination. Yeah th <clears throat> thank you very much again oh my god I'm my notebook is completely chock because I have to go and buy another one thank you so much for what you're putting through <laughs> so far the guys all through Australia and New Zealand will be soaking this up today so once again I really really appreciate it but for the Orkneys um, it's probably almost forgotten sometimes and I think you know it's such an amazing, unique, and sort of such a, such a standout destination for Scotland to, to get to. And as a tour operator, we're actually one of the only operators that actually do this as a complete tour. Now you say, no, I've seen Orkneys and many other operators before and many other operators visit the Orkney Islands. I do agree with you all, but we do actually spend two nights on the Orkney Isles. And this is one of the benefits of small group tour, um, touring versus your mainstream touring that our vehicles allow us to actually get ourselves embedded into the destination and something absolutely amazing, our five day Orkney Islands experience where we do spend the two nights on the island themselves. I mean, you showed us how, how easy it is to get to there from Edinburgh with the, the train journeys at the start of this presentation, but what a way to go there. I mean, using our Scottish guides to learn all about this is something absolutely amazing, but why the hell would we go to the Orkney Islands? And well, please tell us why. <laughs> Why wouldn't you, would be my first point about that. There we go. Um, 
<laughs> and I do think when you come, when you have those Scottish guides that can bring the stories to life when you're on on the on the kind of on these trips, that just gives it a bit more kind of power. So Orkney itself, as you mentioned, it's it's kind of to the very north of Scotland, just off the north coast of Scotland. Uh, Orkney Islands itself is, has around seventy different islands. You're going to find countless sea cliffs, some of the tallest in the UK, uh, endless uh, white sandy beaches so much history over 10,000 years of history on the Orkney Islands documented and it's just it's it's a really magical mystical place I think um hit from a history perspective um it's a UNESCO UNESCO World Heritage Site and from kind of a Neolithic history point of view um it has um, buildings and and places there which are older than the pyramids um so Scarabray is is that is that main attraction there and it's a remarkably intact Neolithic village which was uncovered actually by a storm back in the 1800s and it's still you can still see the homes of people that live there uh, their beds dresses seats it's really fascinating so that history is really there um that recent history as well from a kind of um the Italian chapel is is one of the most visited sites on Orkney um and that history is is really interesting from the fact that it was built by Italian um prisoner of war during the second world war who wanted to build a place of worship with very limited supplies they built the most beautiful chapel that has remained kind of one of the most visited attractions but i think for me it's it's that wildness about Orkney and you can you know um you can you can get round by public transport to the main visitor attractions, but if you have the kind of flexibility of a tour bus or a car, a, ha a, car, uh, a higher car, then that you can really get about the road network is great on Orkney. And you know, you can be on your own in the middle of nowhere with no one around you very quickly in Orkney. And it's just a really wild, beautiful, absolutely stunning experience. And one of the, the kind of, you know, one of the, I guess it's very, easy to access islands in Scotland. You have four different ferries that you can get there. You can fly direct from Edinburgh, Glasgow, Inverness or Aberdeen. Um, so it's really easy to get there, but it is that kind of real wild back to nature. The wildlife is incredible. The seafood is incredible. They've been fishing on Orkney for thousands of years. So they have some of the best seafood that you'll find in Scotland. So it is really, you know, for me, a no brainer. Orkney is up there with, with number in the top, the top places on Scotland. Um, so yeah, so that, that's kind of for me why I would really recommend it. Um, but to talk about other island options, um, I know you guys also offer options around the Inner Hebrides, um, which is, um, so this, I, these islands are kind of an archipelago of islands on the west coast of Scotland, and they sit to the south of the Outer Hebrides. So that's the kind of Harris and Lewis islands. So these are, I think the West Coast Islands really combine some of the most stunning scenery that, 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 that we have. And it's kind of very much island paradises, I think would be how I describe them, but each with their own really individual culture and heritage and history. And um, so those sorts of islands that I'm talking about now, we're talking Isla, Mull, Jura, uh, Colin say and of course Skye is is kind of the the key one that, that everybody probably knows about or, or, or visits um, and I think for me yeah these islands are really really unique and particularly if you think about Isla for example um, this is Scotland's whiskey island back to whiskey again but this is a tiny island that is really home to about 3,000 people but it has nine distilleries on it um, and all the which individual whiskey stories it's that peaty whiskey that you find on Isla which is quite distinct 
but that's that's a really interesting place you have um, Mull, which is has the little village of Tobamori, which I'm sure you've seen in photographs, which has the beautiful different coloured fishing cottages along the shore. Um, you can kind of the outdoor activities there, the food, the seafood experiences you can have on on those islands are great. Jura is a really beautiful, quiet island, but stunning beaches. Um, water sports out on Tyree, which is the most westerly of the islands. Just just really anything you can kind of imagine from an island paradise, you can do there. Um, might not get the weather, but you know you never have. It's never, never the wrong weather. It's just the wrong, wrong gear that you're wearing. I think is is how we kind of do it in Scotland. <laughs> and then of course, and then of course you have Sky, which uh, I don't really think needs that much introduction. But for me, Sky is kind of some of the most dra dramatic natural landscapes that you'll find anywhere, uh, anywhere in the world. And Sky itself is a huge island with so much to offer and it is uh, connected by road as well as by by boat um, but there's just so much to see on Sky and I think when you're driving around Sky you just it feels otherworldly <laughs> I think because it's just it's just really really stunning so um, I think for me in general when you talk about the Western Islands most favorite thing that I think I've ever done is when you, if you find yourself in Scotland in July or August um, and on the Western Isles heading out on one of the ferries um, on a very long summer day because the further north you get the longer the days get um, with the sun setting it's one of the most magical experiences you can you can you can have so I'm um, actually wishing I was there right now <laughs> but um, I'm gonna hand, hand you back to Erica now who I think is gonna just run through resources and things available for, for people awesome Thank you so much, Emma. That was brilliant and so fascinating to learn all about that. Um, so just quickly, my contact details are here, which Dylan has posted before, along with a link to our trade site, um, where you can also sub subscribe to our trade newsletter. And the link there is to our online training platform as well, which is visitbritain-ott. Also listed here are Visit Scotland's fantastic trade resources as well. Um, their trade website um, and where you can sign up to theirs as well. Um, and Emma, these are your um, further resources um, where everyone can log on and learn more about Scotland. Yep, that's fine. So, and just feel free to get in touch with myself or the team at any time or through Erica if you have any Scotland related questions. So thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate being able to tell you all about Scotland today. So I'll hand you back to Dylan. Yeah, once again, uh... Erica, thank you for uh, wanting to come back. I think that's the, the first point um, of, of a good relationship here as business partners. And thank you for inviting Emma all the way from the lovely Scotland who's woken up uh, super early to be involved and couldn't have her whiskey and had to stick with that cup of tea. But um, yeah, I'll get one now. <laughs> definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But Emma, you've taken us deep, dark and really in the heart of Scotland today. And I think we haven't done anything very cliche today. We've really taken our travel partners to to the regions that might be forgotten and not understood as well as others so once again thank you very much i do recommend uh you know you have so many flight options to get into i would say three or four nights beforehand there's a lot of whiskey to be had i mean a lot of sights to be had and enjoyed <laughs> once, once you're over there so to you both thank you very much for your time today i really appreciate it on behalf of backrose touring visit britain and visit scotland Hashtag Tourism Body Tuesday. Thanks you very much for being a part of it all. And we welcome you all next week. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Bye. Hi, my name is Dylan Hearn. And I thank you for tuning in to Come and Let's Talk. 
Tourism Body Tuesday, hosted by your favourites, Backroads Touring Co. and our wonderful tourism bodies around Australia and New Zealand. Please tune in via Anchor FM, Spotify or Apple Music. We thank you all for your support and we ask you to share this with any of your colleagues or friends. We will continue to try and innovate this learning experience for you all together. For any visuals of our presentations, please log into Facebook and subscribe to Backroads Touring APAC Agents, Backroads Touring UK Agents, and lastly, Blue Roads Touring NA Agents in the North American market. We thank you again and we welcome you to our next podcast very soon.